The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and it's that time of year when the housing market starts to pick up steam. So if you have been thinking about selling your home, please know a couple of things. Interest rates are going up. They're going to rise the rest of the year. If you need to sell or you're thinking about it, right now is the time to list your home with realestateagentsitrust.com. I started realestateagentsitrust.com because I knew there's, there had to be a better way to sell or buy a home. And with the market average for selling cycle of six to nine months, you need to get a jump on the rest of the market. Competition is going to be stiff this year, but with realestateagentsitrust.com, my team has assembled the agents who I trust, who you can trust, who will get the most money for your home as quickly as possible. At realestateagentsitrust.com, we've taken the guesswork and anxiety out of selling your home. So put them to work for you now. realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com is a Mercury Real Estate LLC. Should you talk about home title lock, though? Yeah, let me talk about uh, home title lock. Um, I had a uh, retired FBI agent in here. Uh, a few months ago, and they seconds. demonstrated exactly how easy it is to steal your home. And I mean steal your home in a way that is um, phenomenal. All somebody has to do is get the right information, which is easy to do, fill out the right form, fake your signature, get a notary to authorize it, and your home is gone. And people can take out loans against it. I mean, this has ended up with homeowners being taken out with a SWAT team in Oregon. It's crazy. And only one company actually will protect you and can protect you. Get your $100 free title scan. Uh, that's free right now if you sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Knock this off your list. It's a big problem. Big you don't problem. Don't get caught in it, believe me. HomeTitleLock.com. Glenn Beck. Over the weekend, the Washington Post editorial board continued warning that the stakes in Tuesday's election are much higher than usual, calling it a once-in-a-generation event. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, the hyperbole that is being fueled uh, right now, the panic that is just pouring into the engine and igniting over President Trump is out it's just off the charts the left sees tomorrow's election as a lifeline and so they have gone on and on and on how this is the most important election in the history of elections and let me say this it is it is but not because of president trump not because of anything other than we are in such a precarious position that we have to decide, are we going to be democratic socialists or are we going to be a constitutional Republican that's a republic that still believes in capitalism? That really is what it's about. Let's stop making it about personalities. Now, the Post says this election is about something more elemental. Uh, what kind of country do we see? What kind of country do we see today? And what kind of country do we see for the future? That makes these midterms unlike anything in recent past. On that, they're correct. But it has nothing to do with hatred and xenophobia, etc., etc. Because a lot of that is either spun or an out-and-out lie. What happened in Pittsburgh had nothing to do with President Trump. Nothing to do with President Trump. What's happening on the border 
really has nothing to do with President Trump. It all has to do with what kind of country we're going to be, a constitutional republic or democratic socialist. The election is important, but every election is important. People have written to me, and I'm going to get into some of the letters. Glenn, when are we going to stand up and fight? You know when? Right now. Right now. You're not going to stand up and fight. You're going to go into the polls. And if every conservative within the sound of my voice, if we all go and vote, we will win. If you don't, the left is motivated. Are you? The Post claims that it is so alarmed that our nation's values are at stake. Our nation's values aren't even understood anymore. What are our nation's values, Washington Post? What are they? Because I think they're life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Among those values, those principles, those things that we used to find uh, uh, self-evident. I'm not sure if we find them self-evident anymore. Why? Because we're talking about, quite honestly, Donald Trump's dumps, uh, you know, uh, uh, dump tweets when he's sitting in the john at three o'clock in the morning going, yeah, this is going to drive them crazy. We shouldn't be talking about those. We should be talking about our values and not the twisted values that Barack Obama has been out talking about, because now he is saying that our values are at stake because this president put uh, broke families up and put them behind bars. Well, excuse me, President Obama, and excuse me, press i was there i saw it i warned against it i begged the media to pay attention and no one would pay attention when this was started under barack obama so now he's trying to say oh see our values have been destroyed by donald trump no they were destroyed long before donald trump the values crisis it's much deeper than the values crisis. Saturday, there were two examples of this. One, on one hand, actor uh, Pete Davidson made fun of Republican U.S. House candidate Dan Crenshaw of Texas. Now, this is during a live sketch from Saturday Night Live. Davidson mocked Crenshaw's eye patch. He lost his right eye, and so he, white, or he, he made fun of the lost you know, the lost eye in the eye patch. And I get it. He he threw a bone to, out of the six people he made fun of, he said, just to show you that I'm fair, I'll do one on the other side in a race that was guaranteed to go the governor's way. He made fun of a guy with an eye patch because he lost his eye. I know, I know, he lost his eye in the war or something. Yeah, it was a bomb blast during his deployment in Afghanistan. Meanwhile, also on Saturday, 39-year-old Brent Taylor was killed in Afghanistan when a member of an Afghani security force opened fire at a U.S. base in Kabul. Taylor was serving them, uh, serving there on his fourth deployment in the National Guard. He was the former mayor of North Ogden in Utah. He leaves behind a wife and seven children. 
Taylor said his life was oriented towards three loyalties, God, his family, and his country. In his last Facebook post, just last week, Taylor wrote, quote, As the USA gets ready for another election, I hope we all vote. I hope everybody back home exercises their precious right to vote. And that whether Republicans or Democrats, no matter who wins, that we all remember that we have it far better as Americans than anybody else. And we have more as Americans that unite us than divides us. Because united we stand, divided we fall. God bless America, end quote. Now, how can we possibly disagree with that? We're all talking about the things that divide us. And the only things that matter that divide us are our values and our principles. And it's time to look at the big ones, the ones we used to find self-evident. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable, unchangeable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then the amendments to the Constitution. You have a right to speak out. You have a right to assemble with people that you want to assemble with. You have a right to ask your government tough questions. Because you have freedom of speech, you have a right to ask questions. I'm not sure that America even agrees with this anymore. So much of our life is about choices and perspective. America finishes making its choice tomorrow. We would be well served by a lot less hyperbole, we would be well served by a lot less pointing of the fingers and freaking out over personalities and a lot more perspective and decency and actual getting up off of the couch and voting. It's Monday, November 5th. This is the Glenbeck program. Good morning. Hello, Stu. How are you, sir? Really well, Glenn. How oh about yourself? Gosh, I haven't seen you in what? Three hours. Mm. We uh, arrived I... back here in Texas after an electric uh, uh, performance uh, last night. Actually, the audience was electric. I was uh, a little f- too full of cheese, as I think <laughs> Stu was <laughs> last night. Yeah, we went to uh, what? Melt Bar and Grilled. Oh, my gosh. That is one of the greatest places of all time. And oh they will God. not franchise out of Ohio. Is that true? Because I think I really want to make I want to I want oh to bring them to Texas. Very I want to bring them to I will put my own money to bring them into Texas. Yeah, me too. It is one of the greatest restaurants oh. ever. It's a grilled cheese restaurant. Uh, but when I say that, you're like grilled cheese sandwiches. I mean, I can make those at home. Not these. No, no. Not these. There are crazy oh combinations gosh, and all sorts of oh. mac and cheese. And then they've got I mean, they. The menu oh. took me about a, a month to get through. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> come on. So good. You just ordered everything on the menu. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Really, I, I yeah. mean, to eat everything on the menu took me a while. Oh, my gosh. I almost congealed on stage last night. If it wasn't <laughs> for the stage lights, I would have congealed. We lived on Melt and, and Hank's root beer oh. uh, the entire trip. And uh, thank you, Hank. Oh, God, I love them. 
Oh, Tony's we awesome. We did live on Hank's root beer. And if you've never had Hank's root beer, oh my gosh, that's Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania. Is that, that's available everywhere? In a lot of places. Oh I know. my it's, gosh, it's, it's so good. down here in Texas. I know. It is so good. So Tony good, so good. and the family from uh, yeah. that run Hank's Root Beer were there. It was awesome. Big fans. We've decided to make them the official soft drink <laughs> of the Glenn Beck program. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they do, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's, uh, Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the elections. We're going to look at the actual numbers, um, because the New York Times, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, jeez. Oh, the New York Times last night, uh, or this morning, has their uh, The Daily, which is the number one podcast, I think, in in America. And uh, I listened to it this morning, and I just couldn't take the propaganda. I couldn't take the the lack of honesty here and balance. Last night, did did, did anybody see? I mean, you might have flipped by it, maybe. I know nobody watched it, but the Alec Baldwin show. Oh, my. The Alec Baldwin show gave a free commercial to P- Planned Parenthood. Cecile Richards. It was unbelievable. Can you imagine the opposite happening on network television? A puff piece interview of the person who head head up uh, was ahead of the Planned Parenthood for years and years and years, talking about how mean the other side is to women. Can you imagine a, a, a two days puff, before an election? A puff piece oh. on an uh, on a national network. With Lila Rose. Can you imagine that? Oh With God. no pushback. No pushback. It was unbelievable. So what effect is this going to have? Well, we'll see. I know the left is very excited to go out and vote. Are you? Are the conservatives in America, do they still have the passion to go out and actually vote? You need to, because this is a very important election, and we'll give you the latest look and the latest stats when we come back. First, let me tell you about American Finance. One in three homeowners now use a credit card to pay for at least part of a home remodeling project. Now, this is according to House uh, Remodeling, that, uh, that app. A quarter of those homeowners chose credit to take advantage of rewards, 58% scored no interest promotional rates. Now, it sounds like a good idea, but what's the catch? Well, if you're unable to pay the balance off before the interest, free, interest uh, fees strike, they begin to really add up. And now you're paying a lot more for that project than you thought. So before you go and put that on a credit card, consider paying for it with, um, with an upfront help Uh, from a a cash-out refinance. Now, with cash-out refinance, your home pays for its own projects thanks to the equity that you've acquired. And it takes 10 minutes to do this. All you have to do is call American Financing. The salary-based mortgage consultants can walk you through the options and will do what it takes to get your new loan closed in as little as 10 days. So call American Financing now. The number is 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 
Hello and welcome to the program. Glad you're here. Uh, people will ask all the time. Uh, in fact, we were out on tour and this was probably one of the number one questions. How do we fight back? How long do we take this? How do we win? What do we do? Well, it's easy today. Today, it's easy. Tomorrow, you take your friends to the polls. You find those people who perhaps cannot get to the polls and you take them to go vote. The left does this, except the left does this with buses and big campaigns and they empty out the nursing homes. What I want you to do is find those people that maybe live in your neighborhood who work with you. You make a pact with them today. Will you come vote with me? You find the people who are like, yeah, I'm planning on it, but they're not going to. You need to amplify your voice. People say to me all the time, Glenn, I, uh, my voice isn't loud enough. Well, we all have our different roles to play. And I understand that feeling of not having a voice. I really do. And I would go crazy if I didn't have this opportunity to have this thing in front of me every day. It must be so frustrating but understand, you can amplify your voice by helping your friends get to the polls tomorrow. The left is putting everything into this. The left has gone, I think, stark raving mad with Trump, uh, anti-Trump mania. They are, they are, they've really gone nuts. And they are doing everything they can to get every person out to vote. Well, take it upon your own shoulders tomorrow. If you don't have to work tomorrow, if you could take the day off, you should take the day off and go take people that, you know, start going through your your phone contacts. Who do you know? Are they voting? You should start talking to people in your office today. Can I take you voting tomorrow? You should go find the people that you know that are in nursing homes that you know and can't go out. How about grandma and grandpa? How about your mom and dad? Can they get out and vote? How about the youth? Can they get out? Do you know people? Have you reminded them? Are you helping them? We have to do more than just shame people. I mean, it's shaming people. You didn't vote. No, help them. Help them go out and vote. That's how we do it today. That's how we do it tomorrow. If we haven't done everything to our ability to get people to the polls, and if we haven't got out to the polls ourselves, well, then we have, there's, there's nothing we can say. And it is close enough to where it could go either direction. Is it not, Stu? Yeah, it really is. Really, and everything's in play from the Democrats having both uh, House and Senate to the Republicans having both House, House and Senate. And I mean, I, I read, I think it was in the New York Times today that it was uh, that the House has, I think it's 30 races that are within two or three points. It's exactly 30, yeah. Um, in fact, the House is interesting. Both of these sides, and the reason why you keep people, generally speaking, keep saying, hey, Democrats are going to win the House, Republicans are going to win the Senate. It, there's a structural advantage to both of these things. So, you know, the, the Senate maybe we'll go through in a minute. The House, you were just talking about that with the 30 toss-up seats. So when they talk about safe seats, seats that are not expected to be competitive at all, in the House, 
the Democrats start with a, a lead of 183 to 137. So that is that that's before anything even gets competitive. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. If you take the ones that are just kind of competitive, but most likely are going to fall on either side, you get to 194, 166. Now remember, in favor need, of the Democrats. In favor of the Democrats. Remember, you need to get to 218 for control. Now, when you factor in leaners, okay, these would be races that could could they could lose, but are favored to win. That gets you to 210 for Democrats. The, the score of 210, 195 when you're talking about seats. And that leaves you what we were just talking about with the 30 seats competitive, which means that Democrats would have to win eight of the 30 toss-ups to oh take the gosh. House. That is going to be pretty easy to do if, Dem- if Republicans do not show up. But it also shows Republicans could win this. You yes. know, it's not a nothing. You know, even these prediction models that are showing, you know, 18 to 20 percent chance, still one in five. Right. It's not. It, and it's it's uh, they're they're giving. Republicans uh, less of a chance to win the House than Donald Trump to win the presidency. However, obviously, Donald Trump did win the presidency, right? Mm -hmm. We all know that. So the idea that they could win this, it's certainly possible, right? But you have, they would have to win. It's it's messier than this, but they would have to win basically 23 uh, of the 30 toss-up seats. Not easy to do. They'll pick off a couple from the Democratic side and the reverse will happen too. Correct. Um, So it's going to be a little bit messier. But it is possible. The Democrats, you know, one person uh, put it put it this way, which I thought was interesting. If Republicans can win all the seats they're favored in and all of the seats up to the, um, being down by one point, they would mm. win the House. They would hold it. So they don't have to win races that they're down by 10 in. But again, that, that assumes one. not losing any of yeah. these toss-up races, which is almost impossible. Okay, so here's the thing. You have to go out. And then tomorrow... Join us for our election coverage. Become a subscriber at The Blaze. Join us for our election coverage. It is going to be fun and informative. And it starts tomorrow night at 6 p.m. only on The Blaze. Let me go to Mark in Pennsylvania. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the program. Hi, Glenn. Hey, first of all, I want to thank Sue for leaving a, a mark on the Hershey stage. (laughs) <laughs> and I wanted to know if, and then, Glenn, I want to know, was that a two-pound Hershey bar, and did it make it through the weekend? That was a five-pound Hershey bar. Holy mackerel. Five okay. pounds, <laughs> and it almost made it through the weekend. It, I mean, it was a fight. It was a fight, but it almost made it through the weekend. Hey, I invited my son when I got the tickets, and he was like, really? I said, hey, wait a minute. You're the one who always says you have an open mind. So at dinner that night, when his mom asked him, why are you going? He said, well, my dad used my words against me. <laughs> uh, that's great. So, uh, yeah, he really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if you converted him, but he really enjoyed it. But we just had, he had two questions at the end there. Yeah. Uh, one, you, you didn't mention where you got the, uh, the actual number of $142 trillion. You, we, didn't, we missed who the... Do you know we where really that was? That. We should have put a footnote on it, but we didn't. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but we can. We yeah, can, we'll look it up yeah, for you. We'll look from, it up yeah, for it's, you. It's in the book. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then I haven't read them. I've only gotten through the first chapter, so I got to okay. read through. It'll be in the book. All those stats are in the book. Okay, great. And then the other thing, he was like, "Okay, you you talk about how capitalism capitalism got us to where we are, but you're when it comes to the AI stuff, you're kind of complaining about capitalism." I said, "Well, but we're talking about a way of life here." Yeah, no, I'm not complaining about capitalism. Do not fear. No, tech. no, no, you weren't. No, no. Yeah. He was about how you're scared of AI and how this is going to 
how Silicon Valley wants us to have 100 uh, percent unemployment. Right. And I think that's I think that's actually a great goal, but we're not preparing for it. We're thinking in two different directions. You know, we're thinking, hey, I'm going to bring the jobs back. while somebody in Silicon Valley, in fact, their whole goal is 100 percent unemployment. We just have to decide if that's a good thing or not, uh, not a good thing. Capitalism is, again, the invisible hand of the market. And that invisible hand will give you exactly what you want. So you have to be careful on what you want, what you're asking for. It could, you know, it can smother you or choke you to death or it could lift people up. It just it depends on what the society is. So that's why I was saying that we have to be a better society. We have to be a more informed society and we have to be a part of all of these decisions that are going on. Well, and at the end there, you did make us both, quote unquote, think (laughs) that is, you know, that's great. Did he walk out still hating me as much as he did when he walked in? No, he did not. (laughs) No, that's good. That's good. I think he he saw, you you know, like I said, you know, I I told him, you know, if you listen to Glenn in bits and pieces, you might not get it. You have to listen to him for a few days in a row or Mm -hmm. so like I did. I didn't get you. How many years ago you've been on the radio? Oh, a long time. Yeah, long time. Yeah, well, after. After like the first three days, I could never turn my radio off again. Thank you I'm on the road a lot, so I get to hear you a lot. So thank you. I appreciate it. You bet, Mark. Thank you. You know, we used to say, give us 30 days because people, it's a cycle Mm -hmm. This with this show. If you're a new listener, give us 30 days because everybody hates me at the beginning. And then after 30 days, you know, you, well, it's a white hot hate. And then it's about 20 days. It's a white hot hate. And then 30 days, you just kind of go numb inside and you just have no desire to turn this channel anymore. It's <laughs> our big plan. It's uh, our big plan. Mm-hmm. So give us 30 days and you'll go dead inside. Um, we say welcome to Mr. Pat Gray from the uh, Pat Gray Radio Roundup that you can hear uh, prior to this uh, prior to this program on the Blaze Radio Network. How many days do we need to go numb on your program, Pat? Do you have any idea? 700. 700 okay. seven days. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, you ready for the election tomorrow? Oh man, am I? Yeah. It's going to be. I'm ready for the ads to stop. Oh. I'm ready for the madness to be over. Do I'm the really... text messages to I stop. Or you, yeah. I have. Oh. You know the the one thing about being disconnected from television. I don't see the ads anymore. I don't watch network television. I don't watch yeah. cable news. I get everything online. So I'm disconnected from all of that crap. And I, I am so That's because you don't watch sports. The rest of us are, too, except for sports. Yeah. Yeah. And so it comes up. Beto is everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Every break on Spotify. It's Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, pay the extra five bucks a month or whatever it is for the premium yeah, subscription. To, I, that's what I said to my wife. I'm not paying extra for the extra Please. I don't want to see Beto anymore. I don't want to hear him. If you're not man enough to pull an extra five bucks <laughs> out it. of your wife's Can't purse. do it. It's uh, so it's frustrating. But so is there a chance that that these poll numbers are true now there's a the latest poll and it's and Stu is our poll expert so it's kind of a dicey pollster is that yeah. right yeah i mean there's first of all there's a democratic poll that has come out and when you ha- when you know it's branded that way typically they're good results because yeah. they don't release them if they're good not results for democrats, yeah. for democrats right yeah. so mm-hmm. um uh that they have a, the latest poll that came out there was a democratic poll that okay. has beto and cruz tied at 49 no, i don't believe not. that i don't, I don't believe, believe that for a second that. however a nonpartisan nope. poll came out a few days earlier <laughs> that had beto down three 50 Which is to 47 in, i don't believe that either 
I don't believe it. I don't tend to either, but there's been... And then the previous poll before that, which is Quinnipiac, a very very well-known, respected pollster, also had it 51-46. Yeah, five. So five-point uh-huh. lead. I would say... That, I think it's going to be over I 10. Think it's gonna, I do too. I, I think, think 10 or more. I think it's going to be over 10. I'd I be shocked it. if it... You know, but... They have poured so much money. Well, now he's up to 70 million, and I think he's spending it all. I mean, it is crazy here in Texas what what, uh, people like George Soros. Oh, you mean the dirty Jew? No. (laughs) No. What I mean is George Soros. But every time you say George Soros, you mean... You know what's amazing? You know what's amazing? I actually heard out in the same sentence... You know, people on the le- on the right, they only hate George Soros because he's Jewish, and he is nothing like the Koch brothers. Wait, <laughs> wait, wow. wait, hold it. Yeah, you're right. He wow. does a lot more than yeah. the Koch brothers, uh-huh. but we can't say we don't like George Soros' spending of money because we disagree with his policies, but the left... Can come out and make demonize the, demonize Koch, brothers the Koch brothers every day. Every Harry Reid got up on the right. floor of the Senate and yeah. did just that. And, and again, like we we've talked about this <clears throat> with the caravan. They're saying well, you're anti-Semite because you're just assuming George Soros is. We I, never I, have so ridiculous. But we have evidence, and we've talked about it that he was supporting the first caravan. Yes. Also, George Soros, on record in his own writing in 2016 said he was planning to spend $500 million to help refugees and migrants, particularly migrants. So you so, just have his words. I mean, again, yeah. like, that I mean, doesn't mean that some of the $500 million specifically mm-hmm. went to this caravan, but he has he wrote an op-ed he saying he was to. going to spend half a yeah. billion dollars to support migrants. Yeah. Well, it's not incredibly crazy to assume that the biggest migrant issue in America might just Jeez, be supported by George Soros. Then, then we have wait, the wait, project. Wait, wait, I cannot mm-hmm. let that pass without pointing out the anti-semitism <laughs> what, that is coming from Stu. I apologize, a, Is he even a practicing Jew? I don't <laughs> no, think he is. No, he's an atheist. He's an atheist. So I don't know what... Oh my gosh, now you're going to dogpile on this helpless old man? <laughs> he's spending $500 oh million dollars on the exact issue we're and talking show about. show me the proof. He now, wrote an op-ed about it. Show me more proof. <laughs> Do you guys see the Project Veritas thing on Beto, on the Beto campaign? Yeah, yes. uh, a little bit, yeah. It's pretty uh, compelling, I thought. Uh, you know, a lot of his stuff, and I think we've talked about this in the past, we're, we're not gigantic fans. Some of the things he's done have been really good. and then Sometimes some, he gets into creative editing, yeah. and he also, I mean, it's just... But this looked pretty legit. Yeah. I mean, you've got campaign field managers who are talking about the fact that they have donated money to this caravan. Okay, now the argument is on the other side that this is, again, creative editing. But I, I will tell you this. There is no way to creative edit something where they are saying, yeah, he is only saying these things because he's trying to get the conservatives so he's he's only doing these things and keeping quiet on this because of xyz mm-hmm. unless unless the sentence before is what you're saying and accusing us of is 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 completely dishonest it would be like us coming out and saying 
than right. the phrase. And that's just not the case. Not no. the that's case. not what's happening it's here. That's not the case. Yeah. Uh, and yet they wrote this article in Mediaite talking about how Cruz is bringing this up, that they might be funding in part the caravan. And uh, the spin on this story is O'Rourke has not publicly commented on Cruz's accusation, which he made without evidence. Well, no, he didn't. He's got the Project Veritas uh, video as evidence. It's just and they're not deni- nobody's paying any attention to it. Yeah, I mean, their defense largely is not even to deny that they did this. Their defense is to say, well, we gave some money to charity. Yeah, and but of course, you can't, you can't. just take campaign dollars. You can't. You and, you know, Sorry, it has you to can't. be above board. There's yeah. a lot of process. Mm-hmm. Again, I, you know, I don't necessarily and agree you, with these campaign finance laws, but they do exist. You have them again on tape saying that they're doing it. Multiple people in different situations, saying that they're doing it, mm-hmm. then saying, we mm-hmm. talked to the lead campaign manager. manager yeah. They were fine with it. We just don't mm-hmm. want the wrong people to find out. And How can said, you creatively edit that with several people to make that not what they mean? She also said she's got the texts to prove it, that she notified him and that it was okay. So it seems like you have them dead to rights yeah. if they're telling the truth. Um, on, on a fun note, mm-hmm. you guys probably being out as you were this weekend, probably didn't see the queen movie. Oh no. It, oh no. It it's really good. So really, really, really I good. have heard that the reviews are, some reviews are coming back and saying this is horrible. And everyone I horrible. know who have seen really? it. Yeah. Everyone I know who've seen it said, this is fantastic. Jackie and I loved it. I, I loved it. Um, he this, is uh, the guy who plays him. He was in um, unbelievable. He was in uh, what's that uh, TV show? Is so good, uh, Mr. Robot. That's oh. the kid from Mr. Robot. Oh, that's right. that's who yeah. that is. Yeah, that's Jeez. the kid from Mr. Robot. They give him prosthetic teeth, and yeah. it makes him look just like. I Freddie hear he Mercury. sounds and looks just well, like him. He does sound like him because a lot of it is Freddie. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had to amalgamate the voice. Yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. could approximate Freddie Mercury's no, voice. No. The only problem I had was with, you know, there were some timeline issues where, like, um, you know how when time passes, they'll put up on the screen 1980. Yeah. Well, in 1980, they have Brian May writing, We Will Rock You, which happened in 1977. And so, you know. Why would they? I don't know why they did that. I I think they said they did it for time. And then the other thing, which is kind of big because it's, you know, the crescendo. He didn't know he had AIDS yet in 1985. And that's when the big um, oh, spoiler alert: he was. had AIDS. Yeah. Oh sorry. my I gosh! You sorry. Just, oh, well, how's he doing? Is he recovering? I <laughs> well, mean, is that He doesn't feel very good. Oh no. Okay. He died. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, thank you for breaking oh it gosh. softly like yeah. that. You're welcome. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's a real spoiler alert. I mean, we make fun of Glenn, but I mean, you gave away <laughs> I mean, the whole story. You gave the whole story away. Sorry my about gosh. that. They do. Those, they make those weird choices, though. Yeah, they to, do. To try to add, it's like when you're watching a true story, you just want it to be the true story, even yes. if it sucks yeah, a couple percent don't. of the drama right. out. Yeah, just tell please. it the way it happened. So, Pat, did they did they cover his? I mean, did they cover his death? No, they it, didn't. No, was his girlfriend with him at the end? Yes, she was with him his whole life. Okay, okay, good. all right, good. Wow, yeah. wow look at oh, that. He's go. not spoiling anything. Yeah, that is go. really good. <laughs> I guess you're I shouldn't, in. Have, shouldn't have said that. You're, uh, you're, in, you're in for a big <laughs> surprise. <laughs> I, I want to see Wait that. Wait a looks minute, really he was gay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big like Shyamalan twist at the end. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. dudes. That's the twist. Some, All right. Some people are a little upset that they, you know, made such a deal out of the gayness. Um, that's who he was. That's yeah, who he was. That's yeah. who big he part was. of the story. Right? And, but it looked like he was hanging out with the village people his whole life. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I mean, they were all presented as leather clad. Yeah. 
But that's but who that's, Freddie Mercury it was. It was the late seventies and yeah, early eighties. You know, if you have a problem with that, then you don't you don't know who Freddie Mercury was, or you right. want some fairy tale. Right. I want the real story. And that's why it was delayed eight years because Brian May and Roger Taylor wanted it to be him. Yeah, good. No, and good. it turned out. Yeah. Thank you so much, right, Pat. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, and Pat's joining us tomorrow for our election coverage. Starts at six p.m. only on the Blaze.com. TheBlaze.com slash TV. Join us for this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Blinds.com wants to help your guests when they come over to your house to look at your house and go, this is really beautiful. What have you done? They want you to spend very little money and really transform your house with brand new custom made-to-order blinds. Do it today. Your Blinds.com order and your delivery is guaranteed by Thanksgiving or it is free. Every order gets free samples, free shipping, free design consultation. If you want it, Blinds.com, their team is ready to help you via phone, email, or even live chat. So go to Blinds.com, read the reviews, see the before and after pictures, get the latest trends, styles, and colors. They're number one, the number one online retailer of custom window coverings for a reason. And right now, this offer ends today. Buy one blind and get the second 60% off, plus take an additional 5% off site-wide with the promo code back. Your order delivery is guaranteed by Thanksgiving or it's free. Buy one, get the second one 60% off, plus an additional 5% site-wide at blinds.com, promo code back. Sale ends today. Blinds.com, promo code back. Exclusions, rules, and restrictions apply. Back Mercury. I found out uh, on Saturday, right before I walked on stage, uh, that I had to. Uh, I had. I have to put my dog down today. Um, and we have the vet coming over to put her down, and it's just been a hard weekend, man. It's we've had our dog for you know thirteen years, and uh, it's Ella that has to be put down and my wife is just I felt so bad being on the road all weekend and my wife was at home and in between shows and we would talk and it was just really hard it was a really hard weekend for her so I asked for your prayers uh today for the family as we we have to do that I I'm it's so hard to make that decision and it's so I'm so conflicted when you make that decision and you pray, just please take, take her, please just take her. Um, and it's just so difficult to do. And I can't imagine living in the days where you had to yourself go out oh, and take care of it. I mean, it just, I don't think I could do it. I just don't know if I could do it. Uh, but we ask for your prayers. Okay, more on the election uh, uh, coming up. We're going to look at the Senate Also, what CNN is suggesting that women do to get their husband to vote the right way. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with, and that is the news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're going to love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. Glenn Beck. The Glenn Beck Program.
election by numbers. Seven in ten voters say their vote is meant to send a message to Donald Trump. Why are people so obsessed with this guy? I don't know, man. I get that he's president of the United States, but this is America. We're not supposed to be obsessed with the president 24 hours a day. Well, you know, they're obsessed with the reason why the left is so obsessed with him Ah. is because he is destroying the the fear that the left has spent decades trying to perfect. They want you to be afraid of them, afraid of saying the wrong things, afraid of having a different opinion. And he doesn't care. And it's that's what's driving them nuts. He doesn't care, and they can't destroy him. And on the outside, it looks like he's the easiest guy to destroy. But here they have all this fear, and it's worked for so long. If he teaches people not to care, they're in real trouble. The obsession part of this, I think, is odd, just that it overwhelms other individuals, right? Like, you know, if you really dislike Donald Trump, but you're in Arizona... And you're, let's say, in the middle. You can't possibly think that Cinema is a good candidate to run to be to be your senator. She is a freaking code pink level activist. She's a person who said that Arizona is the meth lab of democracy. She's a person who's called people in Arizona dumb over and over and over again. But wait, isn't that, is, but isn't that the same thing that people like me were saying to evangelicals? How can you possibly? vote for this person when his he said he's never asked for forgiveness all of those things right this is the point that uh, was accepted by the right this is just now being accepted by the left but they are on policy this was about him personally and so people were like i am not electing a priest i'm electing a president that they didn't disagree with him on policy. What they disagreed with him on, what you disagree with them on in Arizona, is policy. Democrats should wake up and go, okay, I'm blind from my hatred of Donald Trump. And, and I think that the evangelicals sold their soul to the devil. Well, they didn't disagree on policy. You hopefully disagree on massive policy and don't even really like her you're just voting to stop him and that's my point i mean this is not a people are going to try to make this into a donald trump election and it does seem like i mean you just said 70 percent of people are saying that that's a big factor in their vote but it's you know if look at the individual race there's two people in front of you. Who do you think is going to be the better representative of your state? I can't imagine Arizona actually believes cinema is going to be better than McSally in that state, but it may happen. It's very, very close. Can race. you can you imagine, Stu, mm-hmm. how big the wave would have been in 2010 had the media had this kind of support for the Tea Party? Oh my gosh! I mean, imagine think of this: puff pieces like Beto is getting for oh my gosh. Tea Party candidates. The last night, oh ABC running a puff piece on Planned Parenthood. I mean, it's crazy what's going on, and their puff pieces. Imagine if they would have, if the Tea Party would have had this kind of positive coverage, mm. and what they didn't. And look at the giant wave. Now they do, and look at the. Not giant wave. This is close. It is very close. And and this is the reason why you see all these pollsters are saying they think the Republicans are going to hold the Senate. Most of them think it's 80, 85 percent chance they will hold the Senate. 
Um, really, only a quote-unquote blue wave type of election actually gets the Democrats to control. And the reason is there's massive structural advantages for Republicans in the Senate election. If Without anyone being elected here, these are absolute locks. 42 Republicans, 23 Democrats. So we go into this election with Republicans having a 19-seat advantage in the Senate. It's just a matter of fleshing out the rest. Problem is, a lot of these races are going to go to the Democrats that are undecided. So if you go at uh, just things that look like pretty sure things, likely uh, you know safe seats and likely seats, you get to about 46 Republicans and th- uh, about 41 Democrats. So they're going to win. You know, it's states like you know New York are going to go, and, and Utah is going to go to Republicans, mm-hmm. and we're assuming all of these things. So it's 46-41, and then you get to the closer races. In the middle there, you have a couple that look like they're leaning towards Democrats, a couple like they're leaning towards Republicans, and then a bunch uh, in the middle. Um, so to get to 50, however, for Democrats, they not only have to win all of their safe races and all their likely wins, they have to win their leaner races as well. That gets them to uh, 43. So they would have to win seven of the nine toss-up races. Now, one of them is listed, you know, the New York Times lists Menendez as a toss-up race. I don't believe that. That is a Democrat race. You know, I think it's a leaner. It's not impossible the Republican could win there, but how many times do we have to be fooled by freaking races in New Jersey as Republicans? Uh, It looks like Menendez is probably going to pull that off. There's some polling that shows it close. Um, The other one in there in that group is Cruz. Now, Cruz has had some polling that has showed him recently up only by three or four points. But he is still the favorite in this race in Texas over Beto, despite the $9 trillion that Democrats are spending on it. So if the Democrats uh, can't get the Cruz seat, they would have to sweep all of the other toss-up races. All of them. And that's not likely. I mean, you really look at some of these races. Some of them are, I think, Republican favorites. Uh, You know, races, uh, I think McCaskill's in serious trouble in Missouri. I think um, in you know there's a good poll in Florida, although you know most of the polling has showed the Democrats slightly ahead. Scott actually was ahead in one in one poll in Florida today. Uh, the the Indiana race is a complete toss up. Nevada is a toss up. Uh, Tennessee is probably leaning towards Republicans. If they can just win Cruz and Tennessee, they're going to hold the Senate. That's uh, likely how this goes. And they could, after that, everything's gravy, right? You're going into, they could easily win five, six of these toss-up races. And in that case, they're going to have a nice, hefty advantage to get things passed. Of course, doesn't mean that much unless you also hold the House. It's going to be hard to get things through. So the House has passed so many things that the Senate has just not acted on. Mm-hmm. The if If the House is lost to the Democrats... We need to be on the phone with the Senate on Wednesday saying, pass those bills, pass the bills that we've been waiting and mm-hmm. passed by the uh, the House, because you're not going to get any legislation through with the Democrats in control of the House. Yeah. And God forbid the Democrats in control of Congress, which I, I mean uh, in, in control of the Senate as well. I just don't think that's going to happen. Oh, that stuff should be in session on Christmas morning. Yeah. They should be still voting on stuff Christmas morning. They shouldn't take one day off until yeah. that new uh, Congress arrives. That's absolutely true. And I will tell you this. I, they are so desperate. The press is so desperate for this to be true and a blue wave. Just know this, no matter what happens, 
I mean, unless no Republicans show up, this is not a blue wave. And no matter what happens, unless, again, the Republicans lose everything they're expected to, to win, uh, this is this is nothing like what it usually is. I'm not even talking about 2000 and uh, what was 10. it? 2010, yeah. that wave with the Tea Party. That's I'm talking about what it usually is when a president who is very active, usually they lose the House and maybe the House and the Senate when uh, you get to midterms, because Americans just like to have the balance of power and the checks of balances. If this is close, that says a ton, not about Donald Trump, but about how ineffective and how out of touch with the American people, their own voters, how out of touch the Democrats really are. But all of this, all of this is just gobbledygook. If you're not out voting tomorrow, you have to go out and vote. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. You have to go out and vote. I yeah. care. You shouldn't go out yeah, and no, vote no, if you're I, voting for Democrats. I, I, no, I I say that because that's the American thing. We have to support everybody. But I also will say the Democrats are going out and they're bussing every old person in a coma. It is it is our responsibility. Look for those people in your office that vote like you do, think like you do, but are like, I don't know if I get them in the car with you tomorrow to vote. Call grandma. Is she going there? You know what, Grandma? Let me pick you up and take you. Make sure everybody on your contact list that can vote is voting. And if you have a single doubt, tomorrow might be a good day to have a sick day and play taxi or Uber for everybody you know. Election by Numbers. On the Glenn Beck Program. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour, then we'll come back with more of our election coverage. And don't forget, don't forget that uh, uh, tomorrow we have election coverage on the Blaze TV starting at 6 p.m. I have not heard, Marissa, do you have a list of all the people that are going to be on with us tomorrow? Still working on it? We have a huge list of people that are not just with the Blaze. Um, all across the uh, conservative spectrum from wild, uh, you know, almost uh, anarchist capitalists uh, to uh, uh, to. Well, I think we have one Democrat on, but I uh, he's Democrat in name only. Uh, and uh, we're going to be covering the people who think like you and the people that, you know, and trust on tomorrow and it's going to be a lot of fun that's midterm coverage begins at 6 p.m tomorrow only on the blaze tv i am the designated driver read into that what you will <laughs> now here's our sponsor it's simply safe simply safe is the company that is going to keep your family safe your stuff safe your home your business safe Simply Safe, when you install it in your home, there are no wires, there are no contracts, so there are no strings attached. You go to their website now, simplysafebeck.com. I urge you to do this just, I warn you, if you do this, you're going to sign up for Simply Safe. You're going to buy this system, uh, but you're also going to be a little hacked on how much money you waste every single year 
on these security companies that come in and have the wired service and the big contract. You're paying how much? 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks a month for how many years? How many years are you paying for that? When you see what a really state-of-the-art, fantastic wireless service uh, costs to own it, you're going to see how much we've been all ripped off by the, some of these companies. And the monitoring for 24-7 is only $14.99 a month. $14.99 a month. That is crazy. You'll find it now with a 10% discount if you go to simplysafebeck.com. Do this now. Your family, your company, your business, your home. Safe with simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck. All right. So let's continue our conversation about the election results and then your phone calls, 888-727-BECK. So here are the latest poll numbers and some other facts that you should know going into the election tomorrow. Yeah, there's, it's interesting talking about the blue wave election because this is really the, the, the thing you'd fear if you're a conservative or Republican. Mm-hmm. You want to pass some stuff. The blue wave is the only way they're losing the Senate. I mean, unless there's just not unless things really go the Democrats way. And I will tell you here in these races, is it is it accurate to say, Stu, that Mm -hmm. here in Texas, that the numbers for the Democrats are pretty good and same in Florida? You know, we don't know, you know, how they voted, but the the percentage of Republicans and Democrats, it's looking pretty good for Democrats, is it not? Early voting is is a is interesting to look at is also can be very misleading. You don't know what it means. The, yeah. the numbers for Texas, Nevada, Florida are all very good for Democrats. It shows enthusiasm at times. You can kind of read a little bit into it. Mm-hmm. You can also read too much into it. Think about this, though. Uh, I think it was 2014, about 70 million total people voted. Okay. The last update I saw, and this was two days ago, where 33 million people have already voted. Mm. So we're basically... At half of what the entire electorate was last time. There are some states where early voting has already passed the entire voting period from 2014. Well, I believe that there's probably some places in America where uh, the voting has already passed the entire population. Uh, (laughs) That's true, too, uh, which is not supposed to happen at all. Uh, But so it's interesting to see how this is is going about the message you said right before the break, which is, hey, don't take anything for granted. You can't mean that more than in a place like Texas, uh, where, you know, you have a situation that the only way Beto is going, excuse me, Robert Francis O'Rourke is going to beat Ted Cruz is if Republicans don't bother showing up. Yeah, that's the only way we like to call him Bob Frank on this program. Bob Frank O'Rourke. Yeah, Bob Frank O'Rourke. Now, here's the thing. In Texas, there is that possibility. Because the other side is so excited about even the possibility of being close. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to. They're not excited about even winning. They, they would like to win. They think it's a long shot to win. But they are excited of even being close. And so many people in Texas think, well, my vote doesn't matter anyway, because we're always going to go, you know, we're always going to go red. So it doesn't matter. No, no, no. This could go the other way in Texas. And I'm telling you now, if Ted Cruz, Beto is going to be a presidential candidate in 2020. Assuming he doesn't get blown out here. Yeah. But if it's close, close, if it's close, he'll be a vice presidential candidate if he's blown out. I don't know. I think Uh, if he gets blown out, it's not going to mean what's a blowout. 
I think he's done if he he's not done. I mean he could make a run later in life but this this run this election on its own doesn't get him anywhere if he can't keep it within eight points and if he loses by more than four uh he's in he, he, he's not going to get a huge bounce out of this he needs to keep it if he can get if he loses this election by two points he's going to he's you're right going to be big time you big know time. potential for a vice president because candidate. they will say look he almost won texas yeah mm-hmm he almost won Texas. Where can't this guy win? And I don't think it's eight. I think a blowout for him to destroy him has to be fifteen points. Oh yeah. I mean, and I don't think I don't think that's happening. I mean, I would yeah. love for it to happen. I would love for the. T- I think it's going to be over ten points. I just I don't see it. But I I'm never good at predictions on these things. It's tough. I mean, look, and we you don't know. Have- I'm actually really good at destroying people's careers when I endorse. So I endorse <laughs> Bob Frank. <laughs> so let me give you three factors to think about as we go into the midterm election when it comes to whether there's a blue wave or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, you kind of mentioned it uh, at the beginning. Typically what happens in a midterm election after a president is elected, the, the everything moves against the president's party. Mm-hmm. Very typically, all things being equal, we would expect Democrats to win uh, a always. decent amount of seats yes, here. Not always. necessarily to take over the House, but to win some seats. Mm-hmm. The last time this didn't happen was 2002 on the heels of September 9-11. 11. So it is, you know, very, very common that this happens. Barack Obama got absolutely hammered mm-hmm. in the biggest wave election in a century in 2010 and then got hammered again in 2014. People forget about that. He did not do well in either of those midterms, uh, midterm elections. George W. Bush absolutely destroyed in 2006. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been this way for a long time. It's what is expected. So that's factor number one to consider. We would ex- consider some uh, normal movement to be towards the Democrats here. Number two is the generic ballot. Generic ballot is particularly useful in the House because there's so many races, and it is it winds up being more of a measure of general climate. What is the climate we're voting in? If you look back at the general election and uh, the general uh, generic ballot between Democrats and Republicans, basically all it asks is, hey, you're voting for the House. Would you rather have Republicans or Democrats be elected? The the result of that poll leading up to these elections kind of tells the story. Mm-hmm. You see, in two thousand six, people were it was a very pro Democrat um, mm-hmm. uh, electorate in the general. Mm-hmm. Opposite in two thousand ten and two thousand fourteen, favored Republicans, um, and it was and then in uh, you know two thousand two, favored Republicans. It's this it's the type of thing that kind of gives you a generic prediction. Right now, we're looking at a Democrat plus seven or eight. Is about the level. Is that good, is. bad, or about the same? What it would indicate is a moderate pickup for Democrats. Not a wave, but a moderate pickup for, for Democrats. So enough, probably, if history were to, uh, you know, if past performance equaled future results, would be probably enough for the Democrats to take a slight edge in the House. Would not be an overwhelming wave. And just a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, where Democrats don't show up, Republicans do show up a little bit more, could tilt it back to Republicans. Can you even imagine what Tuesday night, tomorrow night, and Wednesday, and the next 10 days, the next two years will be like for the press if they don't win the House? Oh, my gosh. And they just, or they just squeak by. They'll turn that into a huge victory. But they'll know... But if they lose, mm. oh my gosh, It'll the be- press will, they may all have aneurysms tomorrow night. 
You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. I'm going to take your phone calls, 888-727-BECK, here in a second. But Stu had a third thing that shows that this is not going to be a blue wave. It, it may be close, and they may grab control of the House, doubtful the Senate, but it's not going to be a wave. Yeah, I still think they're the favorites in the House. But again, when you're talking about a blue wave election, that would maybe make them take the Senate. Donald Trump's last approval rating was 46%, according to NBC, Wall Street Journal. That is just, I mean, it's just too high for a blue wave election, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about people saying, hey, this is uh, this is about Donald Trump. 70% of voters think it's a big factor. To give you a perspective on this, in 2006 was a really bad election for Republicans and George W. Bush. His approval rating at the time was 37%. Mm. So the generic uh, ballot points to a moderate victory for democrats not overwhelming the trump approval rating does not align the partisan advantage doesn't seem to be uh new registrations don't seem to be trending in a way that would be an overwhelming victory and remember a lot of these races that are being counted in the idea that the democrats will even win the house at all they are favored in but it's really close you know within a couple of points republicans don't need to win races that they're underdogs by 10 points to get the house they just need to perform well enough and pick off a few democratic seats uh, democratic favored seats that's all they need to do it is i still think it is possible that they can win the house i don't know that the they're the favorites the republicans yeah, yeah they, they could they can still win it if we if 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 all of us call in our contact uh, list If all of us call the people that we know that should go out and vote, but tomorrow we'll make some excuse and they'll be like, I just got busy. Oh, I just couldn't do it and make sure that they're going. And I mean, to the point of saying, I'm taking a sick day tomorrow and you go pick up those people and you go drive them to the polls that, you know, people say, what can I do? What can I do? That's it. Take a sick day tomorrow. And drive people to the polls that are on your contact list that you know and are going to just probably not do it because, oh, I, my vote doesn't matter or I don't know or I'm too busy or I can't just say, come with me. Will you come with me? We're going to go pick up a bunch of friends tomorrow and we're all going to go and then we'll go have lunch afterwards or we'll have dinner afterwards and it'll be fun. Do that tomorrow. That will make an impact. Let me go to Maria in Ohio. Hello, Maria. Welcome to the program. Hey, guys. How are you? Very good. Morning. Very good. A little tired from last night. We were just in Cleveland last night. Yeah, I know. I was there, and the stupid heckler showed up, like, right by us. We're like, now you show up. We were waiting outside, like, where are all the hecklers? We really wanted to engage and talk to some people. <laughs> showed up. So wait a minute. And wait, then, wait, wait. Uh, Can you tell me? Because last night we had a heckler, and he <laughs> came in the weirdest part because I was talking about you know, how we can come together and what brings us together. And this heckler stands up with just vitriol and starts <laughs> calling me all kinds of names, including Oral Redenbacher. Orville, Orville. Orville Redenbacher. Yes. I was... I was dressed as Colonel Sanders. Right. I mean, how did you miss that? And can we point out the obvious with Orville Redenbacher? He's skinny. He's way too thin for you. There's no... It's just not... I mean, the hair, sure, but it doesn't make any sense. So we were talking after the show. What set this guy off? Was he in there next to you the whole time? No. I mean, he just showed up. We were Uh, were listening to everything you were saying, and all of a sudden, you hear him, and I'm like, wait, did I hear that right? My son's sitting next to me, and he's just going off, and he has this big can of beer or something in his hand, and I'm looking at him going, 
what an idiot. I'm like, really? I go, well, yeah, just like you said, you waited through the whole show to finally say something. Maybe you learned something. I go, <laughs> maybe he didn't because he was calling you Orville Redenbacher yeah. instead of Colonel <laughs> Sanders. I'm like, yeah. you're a bonehead. Dude. Yeah, he was, <laughs> was really bad. It was almost, a, it almost felt like in future shows, we should plant someone to do that at that exact moment. Because it, it, yeah. no, nothing could have made the point you were making better. Mm-hmm. Than some idiot standing up and calling you. Yeah, because I was talking about we can't be like they are. We can't. We can't. We can't just yell stupid stuff right, at like, each other. It was all. It almost felt like a setup. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> it was so perfect. Well, you're just stupid, <laughs> and you look like horrible Redenbacher. I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, uh, okay. Hey, thank you. That's a good <laughs> That's a good point. Good, and especially point. the way you made it. Maria, thanks so much for being there. Patty, also in Ohio. Were you at the show last night? Patty? Uh, yes, actually, we had uh, front row seats for that last night. Nice. Nice. Was nice. Really, yeah, I'm actually driving back to Michigan this morning. Um, I'm from Michigan, but we drove to Ohio for the show. I think I remember you were with your daughter. My daughter, Sydney, yes. Yes, I remember you uh, uh, yesterday. We were at the meet and greet together. It was nice to meet yes, you. Sir. What did your daughter nice think to about meet this? You as well. um, actually, one of her favorite parts was the bucket of pierogies, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, dis- but, no, I discovered I really... that it's the secret is not the 12 herbs and spices or 11 herbs and spices of the kernel, it's that it's food in a bucket. Mm-hmm. And so we just put, uh, we filled it with pierogies and I was, I was kind of happy and yet kind of disturbed to find out that the two buckets of pierogies that we handed out to the crowd last night were completely eaten. All of them (laughs) eaten. All of them. Yeah. Everybody shared. Everybody took one was really nice and respectful. (laughs) Passed it on. Right. Right. They were sitting backstage for like two hours prior. They they had to be cold and... (laughs) Uh, Patty, what? Well, she enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> she enjoyed it. Good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. God bless. Uh, we are going out again. Uh, this time we're going to be doing a Florida tour, and I think we're in Tampa and Orlando mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of weeks. And it's uh, it's a fun show. It's a really fun show. And I I can't thank you enough for um, being who you are. I just. Thank you. I, I know that's really nice to say, and I, I, not I appreciate you. Oh. not you. I I went hating you, and I <laughs> left hating you even more. Uh, but uh, it, it, the audience is so great; they are, and uh, it just it restores your hope in people. It really does. Yeah, really restores your hope in people. Yeah, I forgot how much I liked doing that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty interesting. It was a great time to do it too. We're a few days before the election. People mm-hmm. are fired up. Uh, and there is a lot to talk about. You know, I, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen here. I mean, you know, you could you could talk about. There's not an obvious thing. I mean, I think a lot of times back in you know 2016, most media sources treated it as fairly obvious Donald Trump was going to lose, and he was definitely the underdog in the race. Here, I think they're a little more hesitant because they're scared to to get one like this wrong again. They don't they don't want to predict. Oh, I'm telling you. They will, I think some will be institutionalized. The members of the mm. media, if they don't pick up the house, I think they will. Can you imagine? They are going to be full on. America is just a racist country. 
I mean, they all may move to Canada, which would be a dream come true. <laughs> I mean, they are the, they won't know how to deal with that. They've spent the last three years, really, but the, for sure the last two years, doing everything they can to demonize the right, to demonize the, uh, the president, to demonize everything that is going on. And if, I mean, if they were honest, they would know that they've already lost because this should be, if those things were true about Donald Trump and America, this would be a runaway election for the Democrats. But the Democrats are so unhinged and things like Kavanaugh and democratic socialism, where they're saying, you know, capitalism's not going to be here forever. Uh, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you'd think if they get this one wrong, and again, they are, to be fair, they're saying the Republicans are going to hold the Senate, too. Yes, so, I, I mean, know, we I don't know, know, what, know what part of this they're wrong, but if they lose the House. If they don't, if they don't pick up the House. A rational person would look at what what their approach was and why it, 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 was, it didn't work. And stop and from doing their perspective, the same thing. And stop doing the same thing. And I don't think that they're capable no, of it. I don't not. think, you know, John Stewart, who you know, I'm not a fan of, but John Stewart made a really interesting point, and I think it's true. In that these fights between the media and the president, the media likes because to them, it elevates them to the level of the president. Yes. They get an ego boost because I'm taking on the president one-on-one. Yes. And so they keep... They keep going back to this well of just fighting with him and trying to just, you know, argue these points and their complete life obsession with everything well, this person there does. Is, I will tell you this, something. As somebody who was taken on by the Obama administration, yeah, and I mean, yeah. uh, we knew they had, we had their attention every day mm-hmm. at five o'clock. We knew it. And it is, there is something about that feeling of they're watching, they're watching, they're reacting. And it... It is, it's bad for an ego. I mean, I mean, it's good for an ego unless you want to try to keep your ego under control. <laughs> right. It, it does a lot to say, I am super, super powerful. But if you'll notice, I left Fox. I left Fox. Why? Because the things that, the things that are, are happening um, were not making the impact in 2012. Or was it 2000? Yeah, yeah, 2012, when he was reelected. Uh, it obviously didn't work. It obviously didn't work. Now, it held some things back at bay, but it didn't work to change people's minds. They yeah. were just hardened in their positions. They're just hardening people in their positions. And in fact, I think they're actually bringing more people over to the president's side than they're, than they're hurting him. I I think that's true. I don't think they're winning anybody over with the way they're doing this. But way they like the way they treated Kavanaugh, the way they treat Donald Trump to where the Pittsburgh shooter, mm-hmm. the guy hated Donald hated Trump, hated him, and for them to say, well, that's Donald Trump's fault. They make absolutely everything. If somebody is diagnosed with cancer today, it will be Donald Trump's fault if it rises to the level of CNN noticing it. I mean, absolutely everything. And Americans at the core are fair. They don't like bullies. And so they may not like Donald Trump because they may think he's a bully. But they see this dog pile that accuses him of everything. And they don't like it. And it's driving, I think, more people 
to defend Donald Trump. We certainly saw a bump in the polls after Kavanaugh because of this, I think. You know, Kavanaugh, after the Kavanaugh thing happened, and re- and remember, this is a point where the media was telling us, well, if, if Kavanaugh goes through like this, the American people are going to turn. They don't, want, they don't want some rapist going through to the Supreme Court. They're going to turn on Republicans. Really? You know, first of all, we're seeing, of course, all these women now coming out and saying they were lying, which was I mean, another one. On, exactly what was it we're Friday, yeah, Friday or another Saturday? One. Another one came out and said, I made it all up. We were on the air saying we have to account for that. None of us want to believe that, but it is possible. Now look at it. There's one left, one left. And again, the one with no evidence. But there's only one left that hasn't basically admitted that they were lying or fudging the truth. And in not some even, way or the not other. even basically the one Friday L- admitted she lied. admitted she lied. Two of two of them have come out and said specifically they lied. They did not tell the truth. There's been two others that, you know, said they had sources and those sources said, no, that didn't happen. Um, so we there's only one left. Uh, the one that testified that said, hey, you know, I mean, even the press is now coming up and saying, you know, what they're saying now about the Avenatti accuser. Oh, the no one. No one ever believed that. Then why did you report it? Why were you reporting it all the time and acting like it was true at the time? My gosh. I mean, it's infuriating. But that bump, uh, that bump, that initial reaction, the emotion after Kavanaugh in a lot of the polls has faded back. You know, when when that happened, you saw Tennessee become a double digit race. You saw Texas with Cruz become a, a double digit race. That effect has faded. I mean, the, the votes tomorrow are really important. If you think your race is locked up because you've seen a double-digit poll where your person is leading, You're not. you can't take it that way You're because not. it is not, it's not that environment. And no. These races are going to be close. Yep, every single one. And we're going to be covering them beginning tomorrow at 6 p.m. You don't want to miss it. If you're not a member of The Blaze, please become a member of The Blaze, or you can find us on your local cable provider at theblaze.com, blaze TV, blaze.com slash TV. Join us tomorrow at 6 p.m. All right. As e-commerce continues its its explosive growth, so do phishing scams. Recent report says the last year there has been a 297% increase in the number of fake retail websites designed to fish for customers' credentials. That's amazing. 300%? The cyber uh, criminals use your IP address. And then they get your credit card and they use it as a shipping address from each uh, each of them from a different country. And they pull off these phishing scams and you need somebody to find out how how can I stop it? LifeLock.com can stop it. Now they also have Norton Security. So the new LifeLock has the theft protection and the power of Norton Security to protect you against the threats on your devices Nobody else does this. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all business. But LifeLock with Norton Security is going to see the threats that you're going to miss. It's LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK, an extra 10% off your first year, plus a $25 gift certificate from Amazon with annual enrollment. It's promo code BECK at LifeLock.com. <laughs> Welcome to the program. We're so glad you're here. Uh, we have uh, Dan Crenshaw on with us uh, next. He is guy, the course, that was made uh, fun of by Saturday Night Live. He's running uh, here in Texas, and uh, they thought it was funny to make fun of his disability. Um, and I love the way he has handled this. He's like, I don't need an apology. I don't want an apology. It's in poor taste, but let's move on with our lives. I love that. Yeah, and he made the point to say... You know what? We got to get away from this. Everybody demands an apology every time someone makes a joke or says something stupid. 
I love that a guy, it would be so easy a couple of days before an election for this guy to try to take advantage of the situation and, and, and say, I can't believe my, you know, and, and play it up, play the victim. He card. has, every, no, he but he has victim every reason to every reason. He to. has every reason to. and righteous indignation. Yeah. He lost I, his eye serving yeah. his country. He's freaking and the they mock though. him. He's not playing the victim card. I know. I He's love at, it. I, I, that's love why I love it. Him. I, I don't know anything else about him. I, I, we haven't talked about him at all, but this, nope. uh, I just love the idea that yep. he's not playing the victim card. Alright, so he's going to be on in just a few minutes. Uh, also, tomorrow, if you can, take the day off tomorrow from work and go through your, your contact list and Call people that you know should be voting but might make an excuse and take them to the polls. Make it a day. Glenn Beck. It's Monday, November 5th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So we talk about comedy a lot here on the uh, program because comedy is really, really important. Laughter is important. We have to be able to make fun of each other and fun of ourselves. And honestly, if you can't make fun of yourself, you should not be making fun of other people. It is a great coping mechanism and one of the things we need. And it's quite honestly why people like Jim Gaffigan are doing so well right now, because he's not using comedy as a weapon. He is allowing it to be a release. All too often, it is now turned into a weapon, and all too often, it is aimed at conservatives. Saturday Night Live is a great case in point. Last Saturday, but really it's the last decade or so, the problem with SNL's so-called comedy is that it's not funny. It's always not been funny. They've never known how to end comedy bits. That is traditional. And only once in a while, some seasons, have they been funny. But that was before the invention of what I like to call clapter. It's not laughter. It's, oh my gosh, that is a great point that makes me feel like I'm so very smart. Many left-leaning people talk about SNL skits, and they don't laugh. It's not enjoyable in that way. It's clapter. I'm superior. Oh, yes, that's what everybody thinks. Well, this weekend offered the perfect example with Pete Davidson's clunky segment during Weekend Update. He... Uh, he gave impressions of some of the in candidate, some of the candidates. And, you know, look, if you can make fun of yourself, you can make fun of others. But is there a line? I say as long as everybody is in on the joke, you can make jokes. But the left would tell you never, ever about somebody who has any kind of condition or handicapped or difference. How dare you make fun of that? Well, Texas congressional candidate Dan Crenshaw, who is a Navy SEAL, did five tours of duty. He wears an eye patch now because he lost his right eye when he was hit by an IED blast uh, in 2012. He was medically retired. He has two bronze stars, the Purple Heart and the Navy Commendation Medal with Valor. So after they make fun of him for wearing an eye patch. No class. Let me play for you how Mr. Crenshaw showed all class in his response. I want us to get away from this culture where we demand apologies every time someone misspeaks. I think that would be very healthy for our nation to, to go in that direction. Uh, you know, we don't need to be we don't need to be outwardly outraged. I don't need to demand apologies from them. 
they can do whatever they want. Um, you know, it's uh, they're feeling the heat from around the country right now, and that's that's fine. But I would like him and Saturday Night Live to recognize something, which is that veterans across the country probably don't feel as though their wounds they received in battle should be the subject of a bad punchline for a bad joke. And, and here's the real atrocity of all this. It wasn't even funny. No, but it did get clapped or Mr. Crenshaw joins us now. Hello, Dan. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Uh, first of all, thank you for your service and your, your sacrifice. Um, uh, but let me talk a little bit about... Um, were you watching Saturday Night Live when it happened? Well, I, I, I don't make a habit of watching Saturday Night Live, <laughs> so uh, I, I, did, not, I okay. did not see it. Uh, but I did get a lot of text about it in the morning. Right. So every single one of my Navy SEAL friends wrote to me and said, you have to take this on. And I went and I watched it. And it, it, you know, it just wasn't funny to make fun of somebody who lost. And to take it so flippantly, say, I don't know, he lost his eye in a war or whatever. Um, I just don't think it's it's funny to to do that um, on either side. Um, however, what no. I was really impressed with is the way you responded. How, how come you responded this way when you had every reason to have righteous indignation and use this for your political gain? Well, you know, I I, I, I simply responded the way I actually felt, which was you know, a little exasperated by the whole thing, um, a, a little annoyed because I have been I have been watching these shows like uh, Saturday Night Live and a lot of the late shows really deteriorate into into simply political platforms as mm-hmm. opposed to, to good comedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you mentioned your, your SEAL friends, you know, uh, <laughs> SEALs have pretty thick skin. Right. And we like to make fun of each other. And, um, but, but there's always been sort of a lot and this is the conversation I always have with my friends. I'm like, Hey, you know what? It's fair game, but it has to actually be funny and it has to actually be original yeah. and witty. And, yeah. and this just went far beyond that. I mean, the first part of, of, of what he said was just kind of strange, <laughs> frankly, it didn't make sense. Um, but it was the last part where, you know, lost it in war or whatever. That's listen, I don't have to be offended by that. I don't, I don't have to be outraged by that. That doesn't mean what he said isn't offensive, right? Because it's not just me I have to think about. I do have to think about all the veterans who are disfigured from war and now feel like they're fair game for just, you know, roaring laughter from the crowd. I thought that was, I thought that was a little strange. And I think a lot of us veterans are just looking at that and thinking, well, why is that funny? You know, we, 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 we truly, we just don't, don't see the joke, you know, just, just be funny, be funny, do your job and be funny. Like you put some work into it. It's supposed to be an art, you know, it's, but, but they're not. And that's, that's the real tragedy here. I will tell you that I have um, a lot of veteran fans who to make others feel comfortable, make fun of their lost limb or whatever. And they go out of their way. And it's usually very funny when they're making fun of it. Uh, and so it's not a lack of a sense of humor on it. It's just an appropriate sense of humor on it. And, you know, for instance, we always say in our family, we, you know, we wreck each other hard and it's a sign of love in our family. But we don't wreck people that we don't know. It's not like you're coming into our house and we just start wrecking you. You have to be kind of part of the family and and uh, be loved 
if we're going to wreck you in that sort of a way, because we know you'd wreck us just as hard for whatever it is we've got going on in our life. Well, I think there's a basic social etiquette that kind of keeps our country together. And, you know, we're, we're seeing that fraying quite a bit, that, that social fabric and, and, and basic manners and basic etiquette. And this is, this is just an example of that. Um, can I, can I play, know, can I play devil's advocate on that? What would you say to the, the people at C uh, that, uh, at CNN or SNL that might respond and say, Oh, really? It's etiquette. Well, what about Donald Trump? Oh, I was actually, that was actually where I was going with this point. Mm. Um, that, that, that is the counter argument constantly. Um, and I'm seeing it all over Twitter. Uh, I, I'm, I'm seeing that coming from the left. They say, Oh, well, Trump in my response to that is what on earth does Trump have to do with a conversation between Saturday night live and myself? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, it's wholly inappropriate. Two things can be true at once here. All right. Some things the president said might've been inappropriate. Also, this is inappropriate. Two things can be true at once. It's okay to say that you don't have to do whataboutism on this. And um, they're making themselves look bad by, by trying to claim that somehow this is the president's fault. I mean, what else can we blame the president for? I mean, it's just, it, it really does become a re- very ridiculous conversation at some point. So you have been a crazy candidate. Um, you, from a field of nine candidates, you won uh, by 155 uh, votes. Then in the uh, the runoff, you won with 70 percent of the votes. You are you're running for Ted Poe's seat in Congress. He's retiring. Um, You've kind of come out of nowhere here and you're not getting any of the Beto coverage. Um, What is the message that is connecting with people? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, we've run we're running almost a year now. And, uh, you know, we barely made it into the, the runoff. Uh, Texas primaries are very early, and we, we just came out with, what, just a 155-point vote margin. Uh, I think what people like is, is the fact that I talk to them like they're people, all right? We, you know, politicians get a little bit too wrapped around political talking points, and we forget to explain why we believe what we believe. You know, we, we, we forget to explain a few layers deep, um, maybe because we think, will get misquoted or maybe because we think voters can't take it. Well, they can and they do want to hear it. They do want to hear uh, a little bit more deeper reasoning on, on, on why we believe entitlement reform is important or, or how we're going to fix the flooding issues in, in Houston um, or how we're going to keep our nation safe. They appreciate an ability to articulate conservative values in, in a way that is persuasive and convincing and, 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 will, and will grow our base as opposed to just talking to ourselves constantly. So I, I think they like that. And, and the other thing I really like to do is is go from um, either play video, restaurant. either play video games or not answer your phone. I'm not sure what that is. But. <laughs> Sorry, we gotta, yeah. That's OK. Don't um, worry about it. Yeah, I like to do retail politics. I like to just go find people where where, where you know, where their lives are happening, whether they're having a beer or having dinner. And we just go talk to folks. And uh, in the end, politics is not all that complicated. In the end, you just have to connect with people. And um, know inside yourself why you're running and be able to express that to to voters. So why is it? Why are you running, Dan? What is it the thing that drives you? uh, What's the what's the thing that keeps you up at night and says you have to go to Washington to this cesspool? Because why? 
Well, so uh, I'll, I'll give you two kind of forms of answers to that. You know, uh, from, a, from a policy perspective, for, for the Houston area, it's flooding infrastructure, it's border security, it's economic freedom, it's, it's entitlement reform, it's getting control of our debt. Okay. Mm-hmm. On, a, on a more deeper, maybe philosophical reason, I, 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 have, a, have, a, I have the sense, and it's, I think it's backed up by reality, that the Republican Party is losing the next generation. And I don't feel like we're articulating the why about what we believe very well. I don't think that we're, that we're articulating how important foundational principles are. I don't think that we're articulating that our, our approach to government, this idea of limited government and local control and, and, and responsible and sustainable spending, a sustainable mm-hmm. uh, role of federal government. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the ways that we should be explaining, like, this is, this is how, this is the principles behind why this policy makes sense. Don't start with the policy, start with those principles. It helps people understand where we're coming from. It helps the left understand that we're not, in fact, evil. We do have hearts, all right? But, but what we actually believe in is a sustainable way to govern, and we believe in putting the maximum amount of control at the local level. That's what it means to be a Republican. And, and, we, and, we, and we frame all that within a system of virtue. You know, and, and, and I'll steal Dennis Prager's line on this and what a conservative stand for. Just look at a coin. E pluribus unum. We don't believe in dividing people up in tribes. Liberty. We will. We always ask the question: Is this giving us more liberty or less liberty? And then we and then we frame that within in God we trust, because we know we can't have perfect liberty without a moral foundation. That moral foundation is found in God. Dan, I really like you. I really like you. Um, uh, I'm expecting that you are going to win. May I make a, uh, a recommendation to you? Uh, people yeah. go to Washington <laughs> all the time and they lose their soul. And I can tell just talking to you that you you have a pretty firm grip on that. Um, may I make a recommendation that you make a, a declaration to yourself that maybe only you and your wife see and you really think it through before you're sworn in uh, and uh, you check it from time to time because people go to Washington, they start making compromises and excuses and what you just said about our principles and our values and our founding uh, uh, foundation, everything that we're built on, the Constitution, the Declaration, and the Bill of Rights. We have a lot of people in Washington that don't actually defend those things now, and I don't know if they actually even believe them anymore. Please write down what you really believe and check it from some time, and, and write on there, too. Don't make excuses for yourself, Dan. So you're scolding your future self in case you start to go awry. I like that approach, Glenn, and I'll, uh, I respect you a great deal. I think I'll follow your advice on that. Thank you, Dan. I, I really appreciate it. I wish you all the luck tomorrow. And thanks for being cool about Saturday Night Live. We don't need more victims. <laughs> no, we don't. That's exactly right. I've never seen myself as a victim. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you having me on. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I've never met a SEAL that does see themselves as a victim. That's great. Yeah, That's I love, I love that approach. All right, he's Texas' second congressional district, uh, and he is uh, trying to take over for Ted Poe. Uh, the vote is tomorrow. Since about a year before I left Fox, uh, I have been having medical issues, and uh, there are several things that happen, but one of the things that is um, has, has remained the whole time is pain. And um, it's 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 sometimes excruciating. Last night on the flight home was kind of an excruciating uh, night. I don't fly well. And um, 
and so I got to the end of my rope really last, what was it? Uh, last December. And I was talking to my wife and I'm like, I can't live this way anymore. And I don't want to take drugs from the doctor, but I just can't do it anymore. And we started taking relief factors. She said, you take it. I'll take it. You have to take it three times a day. And I am telling you, I tried it for three weeks. That's what I said. Cause I didn't, I, you know, Oh, it's all, you know, it's all natural. Oh, then it's not going to work. Uh, that's kind of my attitude. This was created by doctors and it helps fight your body's inflammation, which is where most of our pain comes from. I made the deal. I would take it for three weeks. If I didn't see anything, I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, 70% of the people who take the three week quick start go on to order month after month because it works just like it worked for me. I am most days out of pain. It is it's a miracle for me. You owe it to yourself if you are in pain just to try it for three weeks. If if it doesn't work for you, well, just check that box you've tried. But if it does, you get your life back. Try it. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Okay, so for anybody who's been asking for an interspecies breeding uh, film, a horror movie, um, you know, that's uh, we've got it for you. And it's made by a candidate, a guy who is running for a seat on the Board of Education tomorrow. His name is Edward X. Young, and he is the star of the soon-to-be-released Bigfoot Blood Trap, and what's being described as a ultra-low-budget horror movie that was made uh, last summer and is... Um, becoming kind of controversial now <clears throat> he said yeah you know when you're running for office you don't typically put together a project like this right he said we were thinking about doing a horror movie ed said you know what would be great is if we had a, a horror movie about bigfoot and people trying to have sex with bigfoot the film's violent <laughs> sexual content uh has uh people warning now maybe 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 young isn't the guy that should be making decisions for children hmm. um now it, where are they getting that from does it does the article go into depth about why someone would come up with a thought like that uh well it, it says in blood trap he plays a cryptozoologist named dr corman the film opens with his family being slaughtered by a bigfoot after his wife attacked its its offspring littlefoot um, Bigfoot spares Corman's life only so he can abuse him. We're four minutes in, the reviewer says. We're four minutes in, and this film already is causing me to rethink my career and life choices. <laughs> um, <laughs> he said the, uh, the, the film producers said the international distributors insisted on an opening with the film either, of, either involving a killing or a lesbian sex scene, the, quote, one of the two, obviously. one of the two, mm-hmm. in order to, quote, guarantee that it would be appealing to foreign audiences. That's what foreign audiences <clears> want. <throat> I know killings or lesbian so, sex. That's scenes. right. Those are the two things. So uh, he said, quote, I figured let's do a killing in a lesbian sex scene. See, this is the sort of problem solver you might want on your right. school board. Uh, so two heavily tattooed women are uh, shown filming their own erotic encounter on the floor of the forest. 
And of of course, they have brought a high powered rifle with them just in case. Well, I mean, if if Bigfoot or Littlefoot comes by, you're going to want the rifle. Or maybe it's not good for them. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. one shoots the other. I'm not sure. Okay, but uh, they do have to shoot shoot uh, Bigfoot's fur baby. And they find out quickly that that only gets your guts ripped out uh, as you're naked running through the forest by a really cheesy looking Bigfoot. Well, I mean, that's Bigfoot's apparent, mm-hmm. you know, just like mm-hmm. all many of us. And you're going to defend your, your your kids. Right. So now, years later, mm-hmm. we meet the now grown up Corman, the, you know, the, the scientist mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning, now in a wheelchair, courtesy of his encounter with Bigfoot. And he informs a TV reporter of his desire to conduct experimental crossbreeding of humans with the creature. About time. So he in the wheelchair uh, and a young woman and her idiot brother uh, and various uncles capture Bigfoot and they go into business in hopes of getting rich uh, by uh, having sex with Bigfoot and making little half human. And then it says, this is where the movie gets super dark and offensively nuts. <laughs> this is where this it's... Is it. Oh my God. Hey, elect him, New Jersey, for your Glenn school board. Back. Mercury. Jack has uh, written me as uh, I'm not going to use his last name. He's just a listener of the program. And he wrote, Glenn, I don't expect a response for you or for this even to be acknowledged, but I'm writing for my own peace of mind. Jack, I try to respond as much as I possibly can, uh, especially to those who disagree with me. He said, I appreciate your uh, efforts at promoting unity and civility, but I too despise because I too despise blatant media biases. The only way we can truly combat bias is with facts, reason, and rationality. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves jumping to conclusions and taking people for their word when they don't deserve the credibility. I agree with this so far, Jack. The most salient example of this bias, however, is your handling and interpretation of the events surrounding this migrant caravan. Based off of statements made by Mike Pence or on October 24th, you passed the buck and spouted out more of the same baseless disinformation that is consistent with bought social media accounts. To call this migrant caravan an invasion echoes conspiracy theorists. If it isn't coming from someone with a racist bent, which I don't believe is where you're coming from, then I don't understand. Integrity in the media involves exercising your best judgment and not being afraid to offer any input when you are not an expert. This involves being honest with yourself and knowing if and when you're lacking access to a bigger picture. I don't claim to have all of the facts, but I do know enough to see that your claims come from so little information, which are already baseless, that they indicate you completely lack any level of journalistic integrity. (laughs) Wow, Jack, Um, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, So. First of all, um, I did call this an invasion, but I called it in the way of what else would you call this? Because they are marching at the time seven to 14,000 long. How many miles is this thing now? They're saying it's three to 500 miles. Okay. This is a massive influx right. of not, people. Obviously not all consistent people Correct. for that long. And they're just saying that they're <clears throat> spread out that far. Okay. So it's a massive group of people. They are coming here with the expressed intention 
of breaking our law, of crossing the border, whether we want them to or not. If you saw how they tore down the fences uh, between Honduras, is it Honduras or Guatemala and Mexico? If you saw the way they tore down the border fences, you know that this is not just a group of helpless migrants. There are many good people in this, I'm sure. But we're not going to be able to sort them out on our border if they come across as they did into Mexico. It's not the right thing. When I said invasion, what I meant was that what do you call 7,000 people carrying a foreign flag saying that they are going to cross the border into another country when that other country is saying, don't do it, and deploying military? What do you call them? It would be an invading force. They are invading us. Now, that sounds like they're coming with guns and everything else, but I'll get to that point here in a second. They are not coming with guns. And I don't like the term invading force, but I don't like the migrant caravan either because this isn't a group of migrants that are caravanning. People are trying to make this sound as if there is no coordination with anyone. It's just a bunch of people that got together and said, hey, let's go do this. We know that that is not true. Now, you say that I have no facts to back this up. That is absolutely not true. The facts are that the um, president of uh, the president of Honduras that was removed constitutionally. Now, that is an argument if you're on the left or the right. But two branches of their government found the president to be unconstitutional. He was about to suspend the Constitution and make himself a dictator exactly the way Hugo Chavez did. The Supreme Court of Honduras said, you've got to remove this guy. He is acting in an unconstitutional way. And so they did. They kicked him out of the government and out of the country what happened his marxist revolutionary friends in a pact with venezuela and cuba all documented they they were holding together because they were trying to build kind of the united states of south america under a marxist kind of dictate a dictatorial rule when he left that meant the end of that compact between them. They all need him to be restored. So these are revolutionaries in Honduras that blame America for their problems. They are a group that has tried to cause chaos in Honduras. They are trying to cause chaos because they want their government to fail to reinstate a guy who wants to be the dictator of Honduras. That is all verifiable fact. Now, I was told by two sources uh, that uh, Venezuela was uh, funding that, that they had money in that. I believe that's reasonable because of the pact that is verifiable. We know they did this. We know that it will help Venezuela if uh, uh, Honduras goes the way of Venezuela and Cuba. 
politically speaking. They need each other. So it makes perfect sense. Do I have evidence of that? No, I don't. I do believe that the vice president uh, is a pretty credible source to say that, especially when you can back up all of the other facts around. It doesn't mean it's true. I believe it to be, but it doesn't mean that it's true. It means that it's a pretty good bet. Because we do know and we have sources on the ground that people are buying these buses, paying those buses and paying many of the people to get onto those buses. And the people that are doing that is this Marxist revolutionary group. Where are they getting the money? Now, people also say that I said that Soros is providing the money. No, he provided some of the money that were uh, funding the two main groups that were doing the migrant caravan in April. There is no evidence that Soros is involved in this at all. However, as Stu pointed out earlier on the show, Soros in an op-ed said himself that he was going to put half a billion dollars into migrant campaigns. It seems, again, like a logical jump that he will be involved in some way or another at some point. But there's no evidence that he's involved in this now. So the email goes on. If you've ever taken a course in international studies, relations, or politics, you would know that there are more reputable sources of information than Mike Pence's version of a conversation with the president of Honduras. Yes, there are. And I just told you that there are multiple places to show you what's happening in Honduras and who who is behind the migrant uh, caravan in Honduras, we know now who that is. Uh, you'd also recognize that it's impossible to be simultaneously be an objective and unbiased observer and believe wholesale that the president of Venezuela has set aside the funds necessary to attack the United States by funding a migrant caravan or calling on the uh, allies to do so. Okay. It is not outrageous to think that when you understand. I, I don't know if you took international studies or relations or politics. Uh, personally, degrees don't mean anything to me. I know a lot of idiots that have degrees. I have done my own homework. I'm a self-educated man. If you'd like to talk down to self-educated people, well, that's a different issue. Uh, but I do. Uh, I do have a lot of experience in international studies, relations and politics, but I appreciate your degree if you have one. But if you do indeed have one, you know that Venezuela, the current president, blames the United States for all of his troubles, blames the United States for trying to kill him recently. It is not unheard of for someone like that to fund operations against the United States. Uh, he said, um, uh, the word of a person working for a president whose statements are false more than two thirds of the time. 
PolitiFact isn't something you should form your opinion on on a subject and far less. And again, that's not what I did. That's also a ridiculous standard. PolitiFact selects. It's not like they're looking at all of the statements made by a person and saying they're two thirds false. They select the ones that are controversial or the ones that they think they can disprove of well, Republican candidates. Most likely you know, that's just a right. dumb way and of it, looking at it. And anyone again, it's the same accusation. But I'm not going to argue that this know, president but, is is the the pillar of virtue you can't and truth. come out and it act, doesn't matter no but you can't come out and say hey uh you need to take your journalistic credibility seriously and then say by the way the way you should judge this is politifact no. percentage it's ridiculous right glenn if you're a man who has integrity you'd see where you might be wrong here well may i say to you jack the same thing you may be wrong here better yet you'd pump the brakes on your rhetoric i don't have any rhetoric i don't have any rhetoric I'm asking you how to describe this group of people that are coming under the flag of Honduras, many of them with stated ill intent towards the United States, a lot of them just hapless, useful idiots, good people, decent people who are being paid and promised you're going to have a better life in America. Probably the majority is that. But here's a group of people that were started with an axe to grind against the United States, want to make their point. They're going to cross our border with a foreign flag. When we have an army there saying, don't come, what else do you call them? That is a sincere question. Glenn, you should apologize and really try to be a voice of truth on the matter. That any matter that you've decided to put your name next to, but at least at the very least, you'd reply to this email in some way. So at the very least, I have replied to you. And at the at the uh, very least, I have told you why I do not need to apologize. In fact, if anyone should apologize, Jack, and I don't need it and I don't want it, we can walk away friends here. But maybe you should apologize for making baseless claims about me. He continues, but that's if you had some integrity, and that's why I don't expect any response at all. And Jack, that is the line that tells me everything I need to know and almost made it so I didn't respond to you because you're not an honest broker. If you've listened to this program and you don't think that I try to get it right, if you don't think that I have some integrity... You're not an honest broker. Why should I respond to you? The only reason why I do, Jack, is because I want you to know my point of view. I want you to know that I'm not just making things up. I'm not using this for any kind of political gain. I don't like people who are using the border for political gain. I'll be talking about this on Wednesday. My guess is, so will the Republicans and Donald Trump. My guess is they still will care about this caravan if it comes to our border in three weeks. You should as well, because you'll have no idea who's coming in. And the evidence that we do have does suggest that we should not let them in. I appreciate your emails. 
and we try to answer them as much as we can, but we have so many that we can't get to it, but we do appreciate it. Even if they're stupid like that guy's? <laughs> Even if they are misinformed like him. Mm. That's um, a much nicer way of saying that. Hmm? No, I noticed you said that in a different way than I said it, because I said stupid. And then yes. you, you used a different word to describe uh-huh. that same thing. Some people um, are ignorant of the facts, and some people live in a world of self-imposed ignorance. Uh, and it's the it's those who live in self-imposed ignorance that are really <laughs> deserve our pity, um, because it's not a way to lead your life. But maybe, Jack, here's the facts now, and changes his mind that was mean why'd you say that here's our uh, sponsor this half hour it's my patriot supply uh listen if, if with all of the natural disasters we have had we should take away one thing that it could happen to all of us and it happens so fast markets can swing hundreds of points in hours weather disasters weekly events in our headlines now political unrest is going to increase as we get closer to 2020 all of these sudden changes or impact, these, th- these are facts. This is coming. It's already here in many places. So what are you doing to prepare your family? Take out the worry. Make sure that you have food storage and water fil- filtration for when emergency strikes. My Patriot Supply can help you. They've helped a million hardworking Americans become more self-reliant. And that's what you should be if you're not already. My Patriot Supply sells hundreds of items, including emergency food kits and gravity-powered water filtration systems that are the best of class. It's MyPatriotSupply.com. Go there now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome to the program. I'm so glad that you are here. Um, I would ask that you would pray for my family. I have to leave uh, the studios now, and um, we have to put down um, just a loyal friend, our dog, uh, Ella. And uh, it is always tough. It is always tough. And uh, just pray for our family um, this afternoon, if if you wouldn't mind. Um, we could use it. We will see you tonight on television with a election update that you don't want to miss. Glenn Beck, Mercury.